Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney groom Chad Johnson about his wedding at the Italy Pavilion at Epcot and his reception at the GM Lounge above Test Track in Future World. And I thought you guys would be interested to hear how Chad and Nicole chose their locations and how they planned everything and, of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Chad. Hi. Thanks for having me, Carrie. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I would love to start at the very beginning and find out how you and Nicole decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Disney World. Disney's always been a very important part of our relationship. We're both Disney cast members, and we actually met through a project together and had a wonderful, we'll call it a first date, where we actually spent some time together in Disneyland while we were both on a on a work trip. So it just kind of has always been a focal point of our relationship and really of our lives. We're both really big Disney fans. We have been since we were little. So it really wasn't a hard decision for us to choose Disney as our place to actually mark this important time in our life. That's fantastic. How did you decide where you wanted to have your ceremony and your reception? So Epcot's always been one of our favorite parks for both of us. And Nicole's actually of Italian descent. So we wanted the the locations to really speak to who we are as individuals so that we could really highlight our story coming together. So the Italy Pavilion was her background and her heritage and really spoke to where she came from and what she was bringing to our family together. The Italy Pavilion is also a great backdrop. It's gorgeous photos. And it's just a great space inside the park to be outside, but still framed really well by all the architecture. That's great. And now with GM Lounge, that's sort of an unusual choice at first glance because it's a big, empty corporate lounge, but it has this amazing wall of windows with a view over Future World. Was that a hard sell for you guys, or did you see it and know immediately that's where you wanted your reception? So we were fortunate enough that through different company activities and and different situations where we've brought people in for company receptions or whatnot, that we've actually seen a lot of the different spaces that are promoted more frequently for Disney weddings for reception halls. And they really didn't speak to the story that we were building together with a little bit of her and a little bit of me. So we actually did a little bit of digging ourselves to figure out what other locations would we potentially want? And we came across the corporate events page for Disney that had the GM lounge as one of their corporate event spaces. And the wall of windows was great. It it was a, a bird's eye view of the park. So you got a little bit of the different icons from the park peeking out over the trees. 
but it was still secluded enough and it was blank enough to really make it our own. And that was really what spoke to us. So many of the lounges and locations inside of Epcot that can be used are heavily themed. And we didn't want to have to kind of overpower an existing theme. We wanted something that we could make our own and really speak to our story. That's interesting. And it looks like you guys had sort of a rustic theme for your reception. Is that what you were going for? Our theme for our reception was where we really wanted to tie in a little bit of my story. And so my story is I come from an actual uh, racing family. I have an uncle that's prominent, was prominent in NASCAR auto racing. So having the capability of using the GM space was a way to highlight my heritage, just like the Italian pavilion highlighted Nicole's. So we didn't want the modern, clean, sleek lines that come with that corporate space. So we really wanted to give a little bit of a vintage vibe to it. We're both really big fans of, I don't know as the right word for it, but kind of that chic vintage look, you know, farmhouse tables, and mason jars and eclectic little accessories really are the look and feel that we wanted to go for. And it, it really, through weddings, florists, and decor department, they really did a great job of putting the classic vintage look on top of a very contemporary space that really went really, really well together. That's great. So when you let your friends and family know about where your wedding was going to be, were they surprised? They probably, knowing that you both worked for Disney, maybe they expected it? Yeah, I don't think it was a surprise for anyone. (laughs) I think they would have been more surprised had it been anywhere else. (laughs) And how did your former NASCAR uncle react when he saw the location for your reception? The location was a hit for the most part. One of our other touches at the reception were instead of table numbers, we had classic GM car names and we had the emblems off of the cars. So the Chrome Bel Air, the Chrome Monte Carlo. So I think they uh, appreciated the nods to his heritage of racing those vehicles as well as just being a part of the automotive storyline that we were going for. That's fantastic. And were they the actual chrome hood ornaments from the cars? Yeah, Nicole and I spent a fair amount of time on eBay trying to secure just a few of the touches that we wanted to have at the reception. One of those was the table numbers. So you can find almost anything on eBay. And (laughs) and we found, I think we had a total of eight tables. So we found eight different GM car types from all the different years of GMs and all the different families of models to be our, our table names. We had everything from uh, Pontiacs to Chevys to GMCs, just a, a nice little assortment. That's such a great idea, and it works so well with the venue. Did you guys do a ride mix-in on Test Track? We did. At the very end, that was the kind of the last little like hurrah that we had at our reception hall. So it wasn't something that we were very public about with our guests. It was something that kind of just happened at the end of the day. We had a couple of individuals that had brought it up because we weren't planning on doing it. And so we brought it up. We talked to our our coordinator, and they worked it out. Um, So we were able to get two vehicles, or maybe three. I don't exactly remember. Nicole and I were on one, and there might have been two other total because her dress took up a whole row on Test Track. (laughs) So... uh, I think we had two other vehicles, so we did do a a little mix in there at the end. 
Oh, that's fantastic. And it's so great that they let her ride in her dress because I know sometimes the planners say, well, you know, they might not approve your dress. So that's great that she was able to do that. Yeah, they had to sit her in the front row middle seat. And then <laughs> I had to buckle her in because she couldn't find the seat belt. Oh. Uh, but we got the we got the thumbs up from the, the Kassenbergs working the attraction. And then I sat in the back seat. So <laughs> we rode together, but in different rows. But it, it made for wonderful photos because we were both, we could both be in the shot pretty well. So it worked out really well. That's fantastic. Now, how many guests did you invite and how many ended up making the trip? Oh, that's a great question. So we started out thinking that we were going to have a small wedding. We always knew we were going to be in the wishes package, but we were really looking for that 30 number of guests. Well, unfortunately, my family, fortunately for growing up, unfortunately for trying to plan a wedding, is very large. <laughs> my mother is one of 13 children and eight of them are still living. Wow. So when we were trying to decide where to draw the invite list at, we were originally thinking that, okay, we, it would be our parents and it'll be our aunts and uncles and then some friends from town. Well, my uncles alone got us well close to that 30 and we were like, wow, this is going to be just a family wedding. Nicole and I have some coworkers and some local friends that really are what we call our Florida family living in Orlando. And they're the people that really have grown to be our support structure. So we didn't feel right not including them and having them well represented. But of course, as you know, drawing the line within the families about who gets invited and who doesn't is always a challenge. Right. So we actually did an exercise where we said, okay, if we invited absolutely everybody that we could possibly invite, how many people would it be? And we got a number that was way too big. <laughs> so we ultimately drew it down to right around 80 invites. And we had 75 people join us. Okay. These are some really great tips. We definitely had the idea of if you're going for the guest list, write down who are your core that you feel have to be there. And then if you are trying to decide, you know, where to draw that line, if you make a longer list of absolutely everybody that you could possibly imagine, the line becomes a little bit clearer because you'll say, oh, well, they're a family friend, but... I haven't really kept in contact with them at all, or there's this family friend that is, was an important part of my childhood that I completely forgot about because I didn't make that long list. They weren't in the initial top of mind. So that longer list really does help to make sure that you're representing your whole story, not just the most recent part. Definitely. That's a great tip. Now, you guys had your ceremony in the early morning and then your brunch, both in Epcot. Did you guys go back for a dessert party? We did not. So our plan was we wanted to make the whole day as stress-free as possible and as stress-free as our, on our families and friends, but easiest on us as well. So we had always envisioned when planning the wedding that our reception would be in the same general area as the, as the ceremony. So that was the other reason that we were really looking at the VIP lounges as our option for a reception hall. Even before we found GM, it was, it was always we wanted to stay confined to Epcot just because it's easier logistically. The day was kind of already planned, at, at least as far as the day of the week went and how soon and what other activities were going on. 
at the time that we got married, we were very actively engaged in the run Disney as guests, runners, not as cast members, workers. So we already had booked the inaugural Paris half marathon. Mm -hmm. So we already knew that we had to be on a plane on Wednesday so that we could land and be in Paris for all of the running events that were going on. So we were very strategic about, okay, so if we're going to get married, let's tie it into the week that we already have off because we had to book the running trip well before we ever booked the wedding trip. So it was interesting the way it all worked out. So we had most of our family come in on Saturday and Sunday. We had a, our rehearsal dinner was Sunday night. And then Monday was the time that the bridal party and sisters and mother and grandmother had their spa day and really pampering and, and some time together so that we could have the, the ceremony on Tuesday. So it really was early morning ceremony. Then the reception was a brunch into early afternoon. And then later that night, my parents actually did a, a pizza party in the hotel for the family. Um, and we made a quick appearance at it, but it, it was really more for the family to have a nice little gathering with everybody in town because everybody was flying out the next day or driving out the next day. Okay, got it. And can you give me a timeline of how the wedding day ran? <laughs> I can, but it starts really early when you want a park wedding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole and I did not go to bed at a decent hour. And we highly recommend going to bed before one o'clock in the morning when you're going to get married the next day. Um, we both found that out late. We were texting because we were in different, uh, different rooms the night before the wet wedding. And we were texting each other until about 12 o'clock midnight. And she finally said, okay, I'm going to bed. Well, I found out when we're in Paris on our honeymoon that she never really went to bed. She said she fell asleep about two o'clock in the morning. Well, her hairdresser showed up knocking on her door at 2.30. Oh. So it was extremely early. So her hair started at 2.30. Makeup was about an hour later, about 3.30. The camera crew, uh, so Mike Strickland was our cameraman. He was fantastic. He and the other cameraman showed up at Nicole's door, I believe she says at like 5 or 5.30, to get all of the final getting ready photos with all the girls. I had it a little bit better. I got up at about four to start getting ready because our first look was actually inside DAC Lodge where we were staying at 6.30. So we did our first look in the lobby and that was a fantastic venue. The bridge in the lobby is gorgeous with the big window behind you. It, it's really, really nice. Came, the pictures are, are amazing. They're gorgeous. Hmm. And after our first look, we then hopped in a van shuttle and went over to Epcot and did some early morning photos in Epcot. China actually was very, it had been very important to Nicole and I. We were fortunate enough to go over and open uh, Shanghai Disney Resort before we got married. So our pre-wedding photos were actually in the China Pavilion in addition to Italy. So we had some great photos in both. So we finished up photos around 8 o'clock in Italy. And then Nicole went over to the American Pavilion so she could get some AC because it was quite warm that morning. And I went over and was in Italy kind of off to the side, kind of hiding as people were showing up. And then our ceremony started just after nine o'clock 
um, everybody got situated and was going well. Um, we had a short ceremony from 9 to 9.30, and then we did some family photos in Italy for about 45 minutes or so before Nicole and I headed to Test Track GM Lounge for the reception. Most of the guests, non-family members, left about 9.30, 9.45, and went over and enjoyed a little cocktail hour. I guess at that time frame, it's more like a, a past appetizer hour. It's brunch. You can drink. It's fine. <laughs> and then our reception lasted about till 3.30. I think we actually cleared out of the space a little bit late. It was closer to 4 before we actually got everything out and everybody out. So it was about 4 o'clock. Okay, got it. Now, did you guys have any kind of entertainment at your reception? We did. So we had a string trio at our ceremony, and they were fantastic. So they came over and played for that hour time frame before the reception actually started. So before we showed up, they were there just doing their kind of normal mixture of popular and Disney music, and they were fantastic. But then we had the Dapper Dance showed up, and they did a total of three sets over the course of our reception. They did the first one right as the transition from the trio leaving and before we got there. So they did their first set, and then they did two sets while we were actually there at the reception. And they were fantastic. They were, they were a hoot. Everybody loved them. Hmm. And then we did have our special guests, Mickey and Minnie, showed up in race car attire, oh. and they met guests. Towards the end of the day, it was, I, I don't remember the exact time. It had to have been about 2.30 or 3. It was really close to the end. It was after cake, and we were kind of mingling, and everyone was able to get photos and whatnot. That's great. Did you have a DJ to play them in, or how did that work? So Nicole and I decided to do the iPod option. So we had a sound system and a little cradle for an iPod, and then we provided the, the music, or iPod, I guess, for the wedding. And so what I had done is I went through our iTunes account and identified, a, I made a playlist from our songs or additional ones that I purchased that kind of was the different phases of the reception. So I threw in songs, and the first playlist that was on the, on the iPod was Cocktail Hour. And then there was another playlist that was announcements, I believe is what, I, what it was called. It might have been introductions. And that was for us being welcomed into the reception. The next one was dances, because we didn't really have dancing at the reception. It was more of a, a mingle and mixing type atmosphere. But we did do a first dance, and then we did a father-daughter slash son-mother dance. It was a joint dance. So... Those were the only dancing that we really did. And then we had a playlist for food and then a playlist for mingling. And all I can say is that just make every playlist that you want or that you think you need longer than you could ever possibly need it to be. <laughs> Disney was great. We had one of our guests was actually the person that talked music with our wedding coordinator. That was their job. And so he just went over to the wedding coordinator and said, hey, we go to the next playlist now. And the wedding coordinator knew as well, but the wedding coordinator is doing a lot that day. So it was just that nice little person that was looking after it and had one job and 
uh, they could move on to the next playlist. But our playlist for the cocktail hour was like three hours long because we, we didn't want it to ever not be playing. Right. So we, we had a way that we could always run over and it would still be fine. Okay, great. Good tips. Now, do you have any menu item or cake flavor recommendations from your reception? So red velvet, red velvet, and red velvet are <laughs> probably our top three choices for cake. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. Cake tasting was probably the best part of our, our wedding planning day because I don't think I've had that many different types of flavors of cake at one time in my life. So that was amazing. But we did appreciate that for our cake. And then we did a macaroni and cheese past appetizer for our cocktail hour. Um, it was like one little spoonful of macaroni and cheese, but it was fantastic. So we highly recommend that. It's one of the normal options under the, the menu choices, but they were, they were very, very good. And then we, since we were having a brunch and waffles can be both brunch food or dessert item, we went ahead and added the Mickey waffle bar as one of the items for our reception. And it was really fun and it was, it was really good. That's great. Before we continue, I want to take a quick break and tell you about this episode's sponsor, Manly Bands. I was really excited when these guys contacted me because I think they are solving a couple problems that I've seen a lot over the years of following Disney weddings. The first of which is that men's wedding bands are kind of boring. And on top of that, they cost a lot of money for something that is that boring. So I was happy to see that Manly Bands offers dozens of unique wedding band styles and none of them cost more than $200. They also offer some non-traditional materials for their wedding bands. So if your guy has a nickel allergy, they have titanium wedding bands. Or if he works with his hands and needs a safer ring, they have silicone bands. And then they just have some cool stuff like rose gold, tungsten carbide for the Monty Python fan, and something called Damascus steel, which apparently has historically been used in sword making, which makes it that much cooler to use as your wedding ring. Manly Bands offers sizes 5 through 17, so if your groom is hard to fit, they are going to have the larger or smaller size that he may need. And they have super fast shipping, so if your groom has procrastinated in purchasing his wedding band, he might be able to get it in three or four days. In addition to their amazing customer service, Manly Bands offers free U.S. exchanges, a 30-day return policy, and a one-year no-hassle warranty. And they are offering listeners of the Disney Wedding Podcast a 15% discount on any Manly Band ring style. So all you need to do is enter the code FAIRYTALE, all one word, in the box when you are checking out. And now, on with the show! So when you were planning, what were the most important aspects of your wedding where you focused your attention or your budget? I would probably have to say that photography was always number one. All of the comments and really the weddings that we've gone to, you know, it's a great day and it's a great moment, but when it's over, it's a blur. And there's so much activity and there's so many people and you never feel like that you uh, saw everybody or you spent time with everybody or you took in all of the different um, aspects or little decor touches that Disney does. So 
it was really important to us to make sure that we captured the day, not only the events, but also the spaces. And, and really, we're able to keep those as keepsakes. So we always were very focused on photography. We actually had the opportunity to go to one of the wedding expos, one of the Disney wedding expos. And we ran into Mike actually at the expo, who became our photographer. And we found the artist commission book, which is a beautifully done photo album that is a little pricey, but was by far one of the best indulgences that we had for the, for the wedding. It, it, it came out spectacularly. It's a beautiful wedding album and it really does through the storytelling that they do in the photo albums really showcase the entire day's activity. And it, it was the most important, and it's been the, the most treasured outcome from the wedding planning process. Wow, that's fantastic. It's great to hear you discuss the albums because it can be a little bit confusing on Disney's order form what the difference is between them. So it's nice to get a, a recommendation. Absolutely. And I, I'll go one step further and say that we had a couple of questions about the albums. There is a leather cover that is the standard for the artist commission. And then there's this wood cover as an option, but there's no photos that we could find of the wood cover uh, album. We sent an email to the standard uh, fine art photography uh, email address, and they were really great about sending a sample images back of what the difference was. So um, if you can't find the information, don't think that you can't reach out and ask questions. Okay, this is a good tip. And then what were the least important aspects where you saved money or saved time? We were fortunate enough in our wedding process that everything kind of came together. So there wasn't really a least important part. It was just parts that we didn't focus that much on. So for instance, on our wedding planning day, we really didn't have any idea about floral and decor other than a general look and feel. So we knew our color schemes for the wedding and we knew that we didn't want really high or very flowery tablescapes or centerpieces, but we just wanted touches. And so that was pretty much the only floral design as far as decor goes that we gave to the wedding planning team. And what they turned out was spectacular and was exactly what we were hoping for without being able to articulate it. But we really didn't spend a lot of time planning it or preparing that piece of it. Interesting. Okay. So of all of this, what ended up being your favorite memory of the day? We decided to do a first look early in the morning before we ever left the hotel. And I'm sure it had to do with the excitement of the day and all the planning that had led up to it. But our first look that we had in the lobby of Dak Lodge is still one of those thoughts from that day that give me the chills. Hmm. It was amazing. I was there a little early. I was standing in the little corner that they had me positioned in for photos. And the thoughts of the day and of what we were about to do were just going through my head. And then I turn around and... Nicole was there in front of me, and she is radiant, just glowing, and she looks perfect. Not beautiful, not gorgeous. She just looks perfect, and that moment 
sticks so vividly in my head that it it makes the start of our story together so much better. That's wonderful. We had a another opportunity because as you can imagine, the the day I laid out earlier in our conversation was very packed. It started at two thirty and it, it went until into the evening between the reception and then getting everybody back to the hotel and then getting changed and then going to uh, see everybody off in the evening. So it was a very packed day, but we had a fortunate opportunity where we did a, we had a car. So we did the, the drive away in a car option. And so we did the fake leaving where they do the pedal toss and we drive off and they get all the great photos and the pedal toss. We got talked into, we had never, we didn't think we were going to do a send off amazing photos, highly recommended, but we go one country over and one of the pavilions over in Epcot. And then we turn around and all the guests have, uh, have left to go to the reception and our parents and family are there for the photos. Well, we take the photo and then the family leaves and they offered us a ride over to test track in the vehicle which was really nice. So we drive from the back of the Italy pavilion over to the back of the test track pavilion. And we're in the car together. We've just gotten married. We just went through the ceremony and there's nothing going on. There's no one rushing us one place or the other. There's the driver of the vehicle and us. And it was just a great time for us to just be present with one another. And be thankful of the day up to that point and just have time to kind of let it sink in. And we were, when we got the test track, we went upstairs and there's like a little lobby area outside of the lounge and Dapper Dan's weren't quite done yet with their set. So we had about four or five minutes to kind of relax and chill and again, be present with one another. The chef that was there brought us some, appetizers out so we got a bite to eat which was good but that was probably the the other time that was really special to us because again it was that time that we could soak it all in and it's really the two times of the day that aren't a blur because the ceremony is you're caught in the the emotion and you're excited and you're there and you you go through the the vows and we had a, um, a wine ceremony and we had readers, and so you go through all that, and then you do photos, and then you go to the reception, and you're, you're trying to eat and meet people and spend time with one another, and uh, so it's just a lot of activity, and to have those two moments that were quiet, and it was just us, are definitely treasured memories. That's wonderful. That's a great piece of advice also. So did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? If anything went wrong in the course of the day, Disney did a great job of recovering it <laughs> or hiding it. So we, we had a, from our perspective, we had a pretty flawless day. That being said, we did have a situation when we got our photos back. So we, had our, we got our photos back and we're going through all of the family photos after the ceremony that we took in the Italy Pavilion. And we got to the bride's parents groom's parents photo and we realized we were one father short oh so in the in the hustle and bustle of all the different photos 
Nicole and I had lost track of what photos we were taking. And we had given a list to the photographer and we had discussed it prior to the ceremony. So we knew everybody was informed, but with the, the switch in and switch out and everything that happened, we got our photos back and there was no photo of both sets of parents with each of us mm -hmm. uh, together. There was her family with her and my family with me, but there wasn't one of all of the family with both of us. Mm. So we worked with Disney fine art photography and they did the most amazing job in Photoshopping my father from one of the other photos into that photo that you cannot tell. Interesting. So they were, they were extremely gracious and, and, and capable to solve that guest situation and really above and beyond what we were hoping for. That's great. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? So Nicole and I are, are both what you would call a type A personality. We are, we are planners by nature. We think things out in excruciating detail and that can sometimes make planning events a little stressful on ourselves. So we had sliced and diced the reception timing of all of the events and everything that we wanted to do about six or 7,000 different ways. <laughs> and we had sent our coordinator all sorts of information about this is what we think we want to do. And then could we do this instead? And uh, she was great in working with us, but we definitely had stress about making sure that the brunch reception had enough entertainment and enough stuff to do since we knew we weren't going to have a DJ or a band and really have the traditional wedding dances or the bouquet tossing or the garter tossing or anything of that nature. We, we definitely went for more of a, a laid back uh, mingling type reception. And we were just a little worried that it was going to be boring or drag. And come wedding day, the dapper dance kept, everybody entertained to kick off the day at the reception and they came back two more times. So it livened up the, the room again, but between eating and mingling the dapper dance and then Mickey and Minnie showing up, the day didn't feel like it dragged at all. In fact, Nicole and I think it went by really, really fast. And of the family members that were there and the friends that were there, everybody seemed to have a good time. I don't know if they're being nice, but that's what they tell <laughs> So I would assume that somebody would have told us that it was a little boring or a little long um, by now, but so far everybody was, was very happy with it. That's great. I'm so glad you brought that up because I do see that a lot where brides and grooms are stressing out because they feel like they have to entertain their guests every single moment of the reception. And we also had a brunch reception with no DJ and we didn't even have characters, but we shortened it a little bit. And it seems like people forget that a lot of your relatives, either they've never met each other or they haven't seen each other in a long time. And so part of the fun of a big family event like this is that you get to talk to these people and catch up with them. So I'm so glad that you pointed out that, you know, you don't have to entertain them every single second. <laughs> I, I could not agree with you more. The, we, had a, we had a good mix of people that knew our parents and people that didn't know our parents. So that was, it was really great that there was that opportunity so they could, they could bridge those gaps a little bit more. And we had running friends from our Run Disney half marathons 
that were local. And then we had some that were runners and that were friends that lived away that traveled in. So we had some mutual topics that uh, bridged kind of the friends and family that had traveled in versus those that were local. So it gave everyone time to, to get to know each other just a little bit more. And it seemed to come off really, really well. That's great. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I, I look back on it, and Nicole and I did a little bit of planning and preparation for our reception. We did the table, the table numbers, our names in our case. Uh, we did goodie baskets ourselves that we gave to guests when they checked into their resort. Um, we also did the key that you picked up that had your table, ni- table name on it. We did those as well. And we didn't have to do that stuff, but it was the personal touches that we wanted to do. It was sometimes a little stressful trying to find all the different car parts that we needed and to put everything together. But it made, again, another piece of the wedding or of the day that that really stood out as being special for us. And it was a spectacular day. The, The venue was great. It was supposed to rain last minute it was supposed to rain the morning of our of our ceremony and it held off until earlier in the afternoon so we were all safely in test track before the rain came so we our entertainment for the ceremony was good our entertainment for the reception was great so it came off exactly as we had hoped it would and in a lot of ways it came off better that's great do you have any other tips or advice for future wishes brides and grooms So my wife had a few ideas for the wedding, both from a reception kind of look atmosphere to the colors that we wanted to choose. So I actually learned what a planning binder was. I did not know of such a thing where you would put all of your ideas into a binder and you take it with you for the planning session. But that was by far one of the best things that we could have to convey what we wanted to do in both the the decor, and then the event, and what we wanted our day to be. We did go one step further than just taking a physical binder. We actually saved a virtual, an electronic copy of that binder, and we left it with our planner so that they could reference it or she could share it or provide it to the florist or anyone else. So, And it had like some photos from the Disney Ever After blog that we liked. It had photos from the different photographer portfolios that we liked. And then it had picture of uh, reception spaces or decor ideas that we had found and, and that we liked. So it wasn't just something that we had and we talked through for the planning day, but something that we left behind as well. That is a great tip. We did do something that we think is maybe a little unconventional, but it worked really, really well for us. So if you go into your local hardware store, like your Lowe's, your Home Depot, or whatever it may be, and go to the paint department. They have this little computer that you can find corresponding colors. We knew that we wanted like a lavender lilac kind of color, and we knew we wanted a slate blue kind of color as two of our wedding colors. But we were looking for what other colors would complement that well. Well, that little paint computer in the paint department, and I believe there's a couple apps that do the same thing too, We'll, we'll match you different color options. Mm-hmm. So we used the little computer to find a third color. 
and then we just took the paint chips from the paint cards and we we gave that to our wedding planner as well to say these are the colors that we're that we're shooting for for our color palette so if you're not if you're not that creative or not that design oriented and you need some help definitely recommend the paint department of your local hardware store <laughs> that's a great tip is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? So we were fortunate enough to be featured in the Ever After blog back in, I believe it was November of 2016. So we should be in the archive. You'll also uh, probably find us, I think we're pinned a couple of places on Pinterest. It's under Disney Weddings where people have found the pictures from the blog and put them on Pinterest. But those are really the, the, two big, the two best places to find us. Okay, great. And I will also get some photos from Nicole and put them in a slideshow in the post for this episode on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Excellent. Well, Chad, thanks for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really helpful for anyone who's interested in planning a wedding at Walt Disney World, especially if you're interested in Epcot, and you've offered a lot of valuable tips. So I really appreciate your taking the time. Well, this is both a pleasure and an excitement to be able to do this. So thank you so much. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>